Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Thank you. You've blessed me. You've blessed me. Wow. God is good. Well, I believe it. I don't know whether you believe it. I'll give it one more go. God is good. Hey, and all the time. Hallelujah. He certainly is. Amen. Things about me, I don't know. Like, you don't have to worry about other people annoying me. I annoy me. You know, I, I annoy me. I, I get on my own nerves. You know, because I, I just, I can't, I'm not very good at just going through things for the sake of it. I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have order. I'm not saying we shouldn't have routine because need, we need that. You know, Jesus went to the temple as was his custom. It's good. It's good. There, there are routines and customs that we need to have. We can't just live life all over the place. But I think there's a world of difference between having order and um, just doing stuff for the sake of it, you know. And I think when it comes, God is too precious and too awesome for us to just do church for the sake of it. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I think that, that we, we, we should come expecting a miracle. I should come. You know, the, 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 benefit, the benefit of being in church is not that I've just been to church. See, it's, it's a flawed theology. It's a flawed theology to think that if I go to church, then God is pleased with me. And if God is pleased with me, He's going to bless me. So if I go to church, that means I'm going to be blessed. Well, I didn't expect to hit on something quite so soon. But, you see, it's a flawed theology. You see, because God is committed to loving me and blessing me whether I come to church or not. Are you saying, therefore, pastor, that we shouldn't, or we don't need to come to church? Well, obviously, I'm not saying that, but I don't get blessed because I've ticked a box. Because it's not just about being here. It's how I'm here. It's like how I'm here. It's not just that I've dragged my body to church. I've not, you know, well, hey, look, you know, Lord, I've made it. So I hope you're happy now. It's not easy. I've got a lot on. I'm busy, you know. It's not easy. I've, I've got things I could be doing. I've got the shopping to do. I've got the dinner to cook, you know. I, it's not easy, Lord, but, but I'm here, so I hope you're happy now. And, you know, I just look forward to a equal bit of blessing during the week now because I've made it here. See, God is just committed to blessing us. And His blessing is not dependent upon my behavior. Now, obviously. I'm not saying now that I can behave any old how. But I want to remind some of us that while I was a sinner, while I was yet sinning, while I was doing stuff, I sh- deliberately doing stuff I shouldn't be doing, God loved me and died for me and sent his, sent his son to die for you. It's not His love is not dependent on my performance. His love is there for us. Now, obviously, God wants us to live as a follower of Jesus because when I follow Jesus and do it his way I'm blessed we're going to look at some of those things today but we should come to the house of God with an expectant heart 
that he wants to touch us, that, you know, it shouldn't just be, oh, while well, we're here, you know. Uh, what, what are you expecting from this moment? What are you expecting from this moment right now? It's, it's like, you know, what well, we've had the sing and we've given and like, well, this is what we do now. It's church. So we, now we have the word. We have the word. And, uh, and it's like, well, what do we do with this moment? So I've, you know, I can tell you um, in regard to this word today, um, it's a word that I've had to contend for. What I mean by that is that it's not that it was difficult to get. It actually flowed and came quite easily. But I know that I've been fighting in the spirit because the contents of the message, not just in what I say, but the contents of the message, God wants to deliver something. Something's got your name on it today. It's got a stamp on it. It's got your name on it. It's got your address on it. It's coming right to you. And, but that we've got an enemy who doesn't want that to get to you. So I've had to fight. I've had to fight in the spiritual realm to, with this message. So today I want to I say, as we come to this moment, this is not a performance. It's a partnership. We're going to work together, right? We're going to work because we, we often pray for anointed speakers, but we also need anointed listeners. You know, like, I can see you here, but are you here? Are you present? Are you present? I can see your body, but is your mind here? Are you, are you engaged spiritually? Have you come with an expectant heart that God has literally got something with your name on it today that is going to not only feed you for today, but is going to feed you on Thursday afternoon and Tuesday morning, and it's going to keep ministering to you. God's got something for you. Do you believe it? Turn to someone and say, God's got something for you today. So I want to take us on a little bit of a journey. Uh, we're going to come to Ezekiel 37. I'm going to be speaking from the text about the Valley of Dry Bones. Some of you who have been around church will have heard many sermons around this. I've certainly preached many. I think I've got something a little bit different today. But let me read, let me read what the Bible says. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. And he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor and they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no 
breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. Father, as we come around your word today, we ask the Spirit of God that you absolutely will preach louder than this preacher. We thank you, Spirit of God, that you are here for every individual. That you will take the time as I speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit, to walk up and down the rows and the aisles of this house today. And you will touch people and you will speak to people because you care about people and you love people. And Father, we thank you that, Father, you have an appointment with every single one of us. We pray, oh God, that like Jesus said, we would have ears to hear. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Ezekiel starts off by saying to us, the Lord took hold of me. We we need some people of whom the Lord has taken hold of. I'm not just talking about nice people. I'm not just talking about people who go to church. I'm not talking about even good people. I'm, I'm just talking about people whom God has taken hold of. People who find that they, they, they cannot live a fruitful, happy life unless they are in carrying the presence of the living God. I'm not saying that we always get it right. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've got it wrong get it wrong. You know, there are so many times when I don't understand my circumstances. I find myself lonely and confused and God feels a million miles away and the way I'm living doesn't seem to match with what God has said to me. And, 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 and you know, sometimes even when you're walking with God, even when you're walking as close to God as you can, even when you're trying to get everything right, anyone know what I'm talking about? Even when you're doing all that, it's like, ah, but when, if God has got hold of you, you say like Peter, where else can I go? You alone have the words of eternal life. It's like, you know, to be honest, Lord, I'm a bit annoyed with you right now. You know? Yeah, don't, don't, don't worry. You know, God, God can cope with you. He knows you. Even when you're pretending not to be annoyed, he knows really that you are. You know? I know some of you think you can hide behind a smile and a prayer and that God can't see you. God can see you. But even when I'm annoyed because, you know, God isn't doing what I wanted him to do, which is an interesting concept in itself, because I think it's more the other way around. It should be. But, you know, sometimes I get it wrong. You know what I'm saying. And we, 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 need, we need people, or even in those circumstances, 
We say, you know, at the end of the day, God, I, I, I haven't got any options. I haven't got any other options but you. Like it or lump it, I, I need you. I, you know, like some people seem to make life work without you. I'm just not one of those guys. I need you. I need you in my every day. I, in fact, I need you in my every moment. I need you. We need some people whom God has taken hold of. This, this time, this, this season of life demands people who don't just know about God, who aren't just fans of Jesus. You know, you can be a fan of Jesus. You can be a fan of what God does. You can say he's awesome. You can celebrate everything that he does, but, but it's almost like a poster you have on your wall. You don't, you don't know them. You know about them, but you don't know them. That, that pop star, you don't know them, but you know about them. Sometimes we know about God, but we don't know, we don't know him, but he wants us to know him. He wants us to engage in relationship with him. We need people of whom the spirit of God has taken hold. People who will not disqualify themselves because they are too focused on what they are not rather than who God says they are. Some some of us, we need a shift in focus. Some of you are frustrated. You're frustrated with God and you're frustrated with yourself because you're focusing on the wrong things. You're you are focusing on what you're not. You're focusing on your weakness. You're focusing uh, in, in, in the areas where you fail and yet there are areas where you succeed. There are areas where God is blessing you. There are areas where you know that Last year, this time, things were very different. But now, it's not perfect, but it's so much better than it was. I'm doing better than I was. I'm, I'm doing better than I did. I, you know, like, I, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm certainly not where I was. Anyone can relate to what I'm saying. It's like, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Turn to someone. Say, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I'm not perfect. I've not got it right. But I'm doing better. And I'm doing better because of the grace of God. I'm not doing better because I'm putting more effort in. I'm not doing better because I, it's all down to my efforts. I know left, left to myself, I can't make it. But by the grace of God, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I'm in a better place. I'm doing better. I'm doing so much better. The Lord, the Lord took hold of me. The Lord took hold of me. He, he, be, he was someone who was led by the Spirit. We need we need to be led by the Spirit. We need to be led by the Spirit. And, and you know, honestly, that, that is what this message is built around today. It's about being led, being led by the Spirit. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. It's, this is about men and women who have been touched by God, who are carrying something of the Spirit of God. I'm not just talking about going to church. I'm not just talking about reading your Bible. I'm not just talking about praying. And of course, all those things are good, but it's not, it's not just about that. It's the, the, the Spirit of God in me, Christ in me, the hope 
of glory. God, God wants me to live. In, in, in many senses, if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I have an unfair advantage. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in me and the Spirit speaks to me and the Spirit guides me and the Spirit shows me what I must do and where I must go. The Spirit of God will lead me. Which sounds great and in a way it'd be really good if we could just kind of leave the message there. Just leave the message there, you know, that, 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 that God, uh, he, he gets hold of people and he guides them by the Spirit. That's a great message. Let's just leave it there. But unfortunately, Ezekiel, Ezekiel really messes things up. Because it's there that we find that God will lead us by his Spirit. To Death Valley. See, I don't know about you, but I prefer it. I prefer to read that, you know, God leads me to a pleasant place. God leads me to a fruitful place. God leads me to flowers and green hills and streams and beauty. That's what I want to read. But it would appear that by the Spirit of God, you can be led to Death Valley. And we have to understand that God will not always lead us to pleasant places. He led Ezekiel to a place that there was something that was once living and is now dead. I think sometimes God will, he will take us to to Death Valley, to die to self. See, I think that we, we are very keen to, to teach and speak about the blessings of God that are available to us. And we don't often talk about the cost. And yet Jesus, Jesus wants us to well and truly understand that whilst 100% the blessings are available to us, there are, we have responsibilities within that. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul wrote a letter to this church uh, and he, he, he said these words. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus himself said in Luke 9, 23, he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Not weekly, not monthly, not yearly. Take up his cross daily and follow me. The way of the cross is to deny myself. Oh, I just right. I, I know you're probably not going to take notes for that bit. You're going to hope that I hurry up over this bit, you know, because this is not. Tell, talk, go back to the bit of blessing. Go back to the bit of calling. We like that bit. I don't like the bit where I'm denying myself, where I'm denying myself, where I'm, I'm setting aside what I want. I'm setting aside my preferences for the sake of Jesus, 
for the sake of his call on my life, I am, I am not listening to that temptation. I am not listening to that distraction. I am listening to the Spirit of God. I am following the Lord. I am living by the standards that he has laid out. It is not the fact that I attend church that makes me a Christian. What makes me a Christian is that I follow Jesus and I prove that I follow Jesus by the fact that I deny myself. I take up my cross every day and I follow him. Giving in to temptation and to sin. You know, obviously, the grace of God is always there. The grace of God is there when I fail. If you're sat here today and you have failed and you are battling with guilt and with shame and it's difficult to engage in worship because you know what you've been doing and and you wouldn't be happy if anybody else knew what you'd be doing, but what you've been doing. But God knows. God knows. And trust me, you're not alone. We're not alone. Because in one way or another, we've all stuffed up. We all, we all need the grace of God. And the grace of God is always there when we fail. But we've got to remember that the grace of God is also always there to stop us failing. The grace of God is, is to stop us going over the edge. It, 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 it helps us to overcome, to succeed, to win where we might ordinarily lose, ordinarily lose. Because any temptation that I face, the Bible tells me that, 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 that God will always provide a means of escape. There will always be a means of escape. The problem with being tempted is that it can just be easier to give in because that provides immediate gratification. It provides an immediate answer, but what you don't write into the, the scenario is the guilt and the shame that you feel afterwards. You feel relief but for a moment. And then you carry the guilt and the shame and you feel weakened by your experience. But when I trust the Lord, when I know that I'm never going to be tempted beyond what I can stand, that is his promise. That is what he, that's what he promised. If I am being tempted, then the promise is that I will never be tempted beyond what I can stand. So if I'm in the temptation, there's a way through. I'm on my way out of this. It may be tough. It may be hard. And, but if I endure and I hold on and I don't give in, the benefits will be that I'll feel stronger. I'll have peace and life released to me. God will lead me. He will lead me sometimes into a challenging place. He will lead me into a dark and difficult place, not because he's cruel, not because he's hard, not because he's insensitive. He will lead me into a into death valley. He will lead me 
into a dark and difficult place because he knows who is in me. He knows what is on my life and he will lead me into that place because he knows that, he, that we do not have to leave that place the way we found it. If, I, if, I, if I'm led into Death Valley, it's because God wants me to see that valley turned into a place of life. If I am led into a place that is dirty and dark, it is because God has called me to be salt and light. In that environment, God has called you. Such, what is on you is so powerful. What is in you, who is in you is so powerful that he has called you to be an atmosphere changer. Some of the environments that you have been led into, that you have been, you're praying God to get you out. God didn't lead you into it so that, so that you could run away from it and leave it the same. He took you into that place. He's put some of those people around your life, some of those annoying people, some of those people who get on your nerves. He's put you, he's put you in those circumstances. Why? Because you have some things you need to learn. Oh, I know you've been praying. They'll change. I know you've been praying. They'll change. I know that you can, you can write a list right now of all the things that they need to do differently. But just maybe, just maybe the Spirit of God has brought you into that situation to hold up a mirror to your life and say, Hey, the reason you're feeling these things is because there's some stuff that you need to deal with. Oh, I'm not saying they don't need to deal with some stuff, but let's talk about you for a moment because let's talk about the plank that's in your eye before we talk about the splinter in your brother's eye, in, the, in your sister's eye. Okay, okay, I'm going to move on this bit. I'm moving on. I'm moving on quickly. I'm moving on quickly. God takes us to the desert so that through him we can make it bloom. God will take us to a place where we feel overwhelmed and unqualified because he wants us to know that he's our qualification. It's, it's not that the situation isn't greater than you. It is greater than you. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You, 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 with, with Christ in you, you can make a difference. You are not called to be overwhelmed. You are called to trust in the one who has called you. You may be in overwhelming circumstances, but you are not called to be overwhelmed because God has given you the power and the grace and the wisdom and the anointing to overcome, to bring transformation. The Lord is not intimidated by death because he is the resurrection and the life. The Lord is not intimidated by darkness because he is the light. And the Lord asked Ezekiel, he said, hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones become a human being again. 
God was asking Ezekiel to see what could not be seen. God wanted Ezekiel to see like God sees. Can you see potential in this hopeless, dead, dry situation? Can you see potential? God has not called you to be overwhelmed. He's called you to see hope and life and light even when there's nothing to see. He's caused, he's, he wants you to rise up and to believe with him that this can change. This situation can change right now. It seems so dark and seem hopeless, but, but greater is he that is in me. In Jesus' name, we can overcome. We can win. We can succeed. We, 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 there is a way. God will rise, raise up a highway where there is no highway. He will cause the waters of the Red Sea to divide so that he will make a path. If there's not a path, he will make a path. If there's not a way, he will make a way. We need to, we need to understand who is on our side. He's on your side. Turn to someone and say, he's on your side. He's with you. He's with you. He's not left you. You've not dropped off his radar. Even if you've not talked to him for a few days, even if you've not read your Bible as much as you should have this, this week, this month, God still loves you. He's still with you. Why? Because he promised to be with you always. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Even though yesterday, this morning, you may have crawled out of a bed that you should not have been in. God still loves you. God still has a plan for your life. God is seeking to win your heart. It is not with a spirit of condemnation that he visits you. He comes to say to you, why, why are you living like this? I have got something better for you than this. Why are you trying to meet your own needs in this way? I will meet your needs exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or even imagine. I have a great plan for your life. Will you trust me? Will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me? Will you let go of doing it your way? And will you entrust your life into my care? Because I am the way maker. I am the one who loves you. Come what may, I am with you always. Will you see? Will you see potential? Will you see potential? Will you see potential? See potential in that marriage, will you see potential in your son, in your daughter? Will you see potential? I know they've let you down. They've lied to you. They've let you down so many times. But, but it's, not, it's not in the flesh. It's not about your own strength. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by my spirit. It's by my spirit. I'm not asking you to do it in your own strength. I'm not asking you to do with gritted teeth and clenched fists. I'm, I'm saying that it's by my spirit. I'm going to give you what you need to see beyond your circumstances, to see beyond the pain, to see beyond your anguish, to see beyond 
your anger, to see beyond your rage, to see beyond all that stuff that should never have happened and know that by grace of God, the grace of God, you will not live your life as a victim. You will live your life who, as one who has overcome in Jesus' name. You are an overcomer. You are not a loser. You are not a victim. You are an overcomer. You are a survivor. 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 You have overcome circumstances that you naturally should not have overcome. You are a survivor. In Jesus' name, you will win. In Jesus' name, you will come through. In Jesus' name, you will break through. In Jesus' name, he's got more. He's got more for you. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. I said it's not over. He's with you. He's for you. He's making a way. Oh, can you hear His Spirit speaking to your soul today? It is more than you imagined. It is more beautiful, more amazing than you ever imagined. He has planned an incredible future for you. Will you trust Him? Will you trust Him? Will you trust Him? God said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Ezekiel had the wisdom to say, God, to be honest, only you know that. Only you know that. Only you know that. And you see what I love about this moment. What I love about this moment is that this would have been a moment where Ezekiel could have listened to God and God could have said to Ezekiel, hey, Ezekiel, let you, you, you answer right when you say, only I know. Step aside, my son. Let me show you who I am. Let me show you what I can do. But that's not what happened. He said to Ezekiel, you do something. You say something. You prophesy. I think that sometimes as the church of Jesus Christ, we sat around waiting for change. We believe that God is powerful and we believe that God is able and we believe that even we, we've preached that dry bones can live, but there's something in us that will expect God to turn up and say, that's, that's it, those, those bones live. Can step aside, church. Step aside, heart church. Step aside and watch me. Watch what your God can do. But God is not, God is not saying step aside. He's saying step up to the plate. Step up to the plate. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use your mouth. I'm going to speak through you. I'm going to bring the blessing through you. I'm going to bring the word of the Lord through you. Prophesy. 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 Prophesy over your finances. Prophesy over your health. Prophesy over your marriage. Prophesy over your son. Prophesy over your daughter. Prophesy over your future. Prophesy over that closed door. Prophesy. Let your own hear ears hear the word of the Lord come through your own mouth. Prophesy. Believe again. Believe again. Trust again. Speak again. Don't let the devil close your mouth. The devil is a liar. Speak truth. Speak truth. Don't speak what the enemy feeds into your mind. Speak the truth of the Word of God out of your lips and prophesy to your night and see God will bring a dawn. God is bringing 
a dawn. God is bringing a dawn. God is bringing a dawn. I need to say to someone, you need to prophesy to your fatigue. You need to prophesy to your, you prophesy strength to your fatigue. You're tired. You're tired. You're, you're worn out. You're, you're mentally tired. You're physically tired. Some of you, you, you've, you've just even dragged yourself to church today. You've just, you, you, you didn't think you could make it to church today, but you are here. I've come to say prophesy. Prophesy strength. When, when it comes to getting up in the morning, don't lie there saying, I can't say I can't in my own strength, but in the name of Jesus, I prophesy to my body and I prophesy to my mind. And I say, arise, get up, walk, because the Lord is with me. And if the Lord is with me, I will not fail. I will succeed. We see, we see that Ezekiel saw a miracle. That's one of those videos that I'd like to see when I get to heaven as he stood there and he prophesied. And all of a sudden, there was this rattling sound. And the bones started coming together and then muscle and sinew started to come on the bones and then skin started to come on that. And and it was an incredible, it was an incredible miracle. It was amazing. It's just that it's not what God had said. God had said, can these bones live? It was a miracle the bones had come together. It was a miracle there were muscles on the bones. It was a miracle there was skin. It was a, a miracle that these scattered, broken, dry bones, now, now there were bodies scattered everywhere. It was a miracle. But it wasn't it. Don't settle. Don't settle for improvement. Don't settle for improvement when God has promised you a breakthrough. Don't, don't settle for dead bodies when God has promised you a life. Don't, 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 promise, don't settle for a little bit better. God wants you to have the miracle that He spoke into your life. God put breath in those bodies. He put breath in those bodies. I've come to tell somebody today that Something's going to breathe that should not breathe again. They said it wouldn't breathe again. You thought it wouldn't breathe again. You never thought it would live again. But God is sending His breath and it will, it will live. It will live. It, will, it won't just survive. It won't just survive and be sickly. It will be strong and it will stand tall and it will live again. And you'll be filled with wonder and amazement. I'm fascinated by the fact. And that's what I want to speak into us as a church. What I want to speak to us in, in, in our community is an understanding. And, 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 and let me read you this. He said, Ezekiel said, so I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. I spoke the message as he commanded and breath came into their 
bodies. The Lord showed me that he converted a message into breath. He, he spoke and there was this supernatural conversion of a message that became life. I haven't got time to talk to about that today, but I think that's what preaching should be. I think that's what preaching should do. It, it, it's, it starts as a message, but it breathes life, spirit into people's lives. The, the Bible says they came to life. They came to life again. They were revived. I've got to finish. I've got to finish because time's going, but I've got to finish. But I want to, I want to just draw your attention to something which I found utterly fascinating. You see, the word breath in this context, in the original language, is a word in Hebrew that is ruach. Ruach. Translated, that word means wind, breath, mind, spirit. Wind, breath, mind, spirit. So when Ezekiel said, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away, I was carried away by Ruach. The Ruach of the Lord to the valley of dry bones. Then he, verse 9, he says, and then he came and spoke, he speak a prophetic message to Ruach, son of man. This is what the sovereign Lord's, come, O Ruach, come wind, come breath, Ruach. Ruach is spirit. In the, in the New Testament, the word is, in the Greek is pneuma. It's, 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 it's spirit. It's, 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 it, we're never, we were never intended to work out this life without the Spirit of God. We need His Spirit. We need the Ruach, the Ruach of God. In Genesis 41 verse 38 when Pharaoh spoke of Joseph, he says, we can find, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God, Joseph. God, by His Spirit, gave him the strategy to preserve a nation. And by preserving that nation, he, nation, he preserved the people of God. He preserved the promise. God is a God who by His Spirit gives us strategies. Some of us have been praying for some stuff that God wants to give us strategies for. I know you want Him to say to you, step aside let me show you what I can do. But actually, what he wants to do is say, you prophesy, you speak, you do, you move. I have given you what you need to see a breakthrough in this area. God wants to give you strategies in your family. He wants to give you strategies in your business. He wants to give you strategies in that work situation. He wants to give you creative ideas. In Exodus, we read of someone called Bezalel. Exodus 31. Watch this. He said that um, 
in verse 3, and I have filled him with ruach, the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for working gold, silver, bronze, to cut, set stones, to work in wood, engage in all kinds of crafts. He gave, that's the spirit of creativity is the spirit of God. He didn't just, this guy, this guy was a creative, but he had knowledge in all kinds of skills. He had wisdom and he had understanding. We need the spirit of God. We need the Ruach of God. Zechariah 4, 6 said, this is not by might, nor by power, but by my Ruach, says the Lord. By my spirit. When we are filled with the spirit of God, it affects our minds. It enables us to understand that we can we can get breakthrough in certain areas. I don't know why this comes to mind. I've got one uh, uh, story that comes to mind uh, that I didn't share in the first service. But years years ago, I got a phone call from school because my uh, eldest son uh, was playing up at school, and uh, you know it wasn't good. So this has happened several times, and I said, you know that boy. When he gets home, Lord, like I was embarrassed now. Now the schools have to ring me. You know, it's like one thing. It's one thing when they've misbehaved. But now they have come home. Uh, they're coming home and the teacher's like upset and they've rung you. And it's like, no, this is really annoying. And, and, I, and, I, and, and, and I prayed. Have you ever prayed one of those prayers that it wasn't really a prayer? Because I prayed this prayer. I says, oh, God. What am I going to do with that boy? So it sounded like a prayer. But actually it wasn't a prayer. But anyway, God, God took what I gave him and he spoke to me. And he said, take him to McDonald's. I want you to know I was not in the mood for that answer. I bind you devil in the name of Jesus. I... I am not listening to you. I bind your voice. I am not listening to you. But anyway, it turned out it was God. And God, it seemed, didn't like my strategy. He didn't like the way I was planning things. And I came home and I said to Len, I said, Len, don't, don't cook. I'm taking your son to McDonald's. I had no idea what I was going to do at McDonald's. But you know, that, you see, if you're going to listen to God, you've got to be prepared just to take the next step. If you, were, if you heard me a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about, you know, you, you've got to be able to, you just you, all you need to be able to see is 350 feet ahead. The, the, the lights of a car, just 350 feet ahead. You can, you can drive from here to Scotland, just seeing 350 feet ahead. But you've just got to walk in the light you had. So I walked in the light we had. I went to McDonald's, I bought him a happy meal. And as we sat there, I said, listen, this, the way you're behaving at school right now, it's got to change. It's got to stop. And I remember him nodding with a mouthful of burger. And I thought, you know, like my brain was thinking, how can this be working? How can this be working? You know, like, is this working? Am I, am I actually losing my mind now? You know, it's like, I can tell you now that from that day, oh, I'm not saying he was never naughty again. 
But we never had a trouble. I never had a problem like that again throughout of his school, all of his school life. And it's almost like God is saying, you choose. Are you going to do it your way? Or are you going to listen to my spirit? God wants to give us that kind of wisdom in our everyday life. God wants to give you that kind of wisdom in your work. He wants to give you that kind of wisdom in your study. He wants to give you that kind of wisdom as you're looking for that item of clothing. And God will make sure that you just end up in the right place at the right time. I'm down to Tando Zulu. Tando Zulu is getting married in two weeks' time. He went to buy a wedding shirt and he went into the shop and, and, and uh, he thought to himself, you know what, I can't really afford it. I can't really afford it. Uh, you know, like, and he was trying to have a, com- you know, having one of those conversations with him because he loved the shirt. You know, Tando, he said, it fitted nice. You know, like, fitted nice. You know what I'm saying? I said, so like, uh, like, it was nice. I, said, I was like, you know, it was like, it was a good, uh, that was good Tando. I said, so like, and he, he said anyway, but someone said, oh, don't I, don't I know you? Don't I know you? you? You go to Heart Church. He said, yeah, I go, I go to Heart Church. He said, oh, I've been there. He said, you know what? You, don't worry, you can have that shirt for 50% off. I'm not telling you where because you guys will all be going down there. I know what you're like. You'll be, you won't be driving home. The car park will still be full at half past two. You'll be going around Nottingham City Centre saying, sorry, has Tando Zulu been in here? Because I, I need to buy something. I know what you like. I know what you're like. But when, when you follow God, when you listen to his voice, favour will seek you out. Favour will seek you out. Turn to someone and say, favour will seek you out. And this is what, this is what I'm going to, because I believe, I believe that the Lord has promised me today that as I've shared this message, He's going to take this message and it's going to become breath. He's going to convert it to be the Ruach of God. Why? Because the Ruach of God took something that was broken and fragmented and created an army. And the thing is, we're at a season in our lives where we need an army. We are on the verge of a great adventure. God is moving us from this place. We're moving to another place. It's all awesome. It's not the thing. The thing is, and we've preached it a long while, we're taking the next level with us. We're taking the next level with us. We're carrying the next level because we are an army that have been touched by God. As some of you know, many of you know, you know, we're selling across the road and, and all that. We're going to have some money. You know, awesome, awesome. But let me tell you, don't, don't get too chill. Don't cross your legs and sit back and say, well, we're okay for a while. Because let me tell you, God, is, God will never give us anything where we can't continue to live in faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So the challenges are going to keep right on coming. What, whatever we get from there, I want you to know that it's not enough for what God has planned. Because God, 
God loves us too much to put us in a situation where we wouldn't need to have faith. If God has given us that, it's because the, what He's taking us into is going to require more faith than we've ever imagined possible. You see, God is raising up an army. The Spirit of God is raising up an army of service. He's raising up an army of service. People who don't just go to church. You see, it's not just about having sign up Sunday where we, we put together a clever presentation and we, and we try and convince you. It's, it's beyond that. We need the Spirit of God to touch your heart, to know that He's calling you from people who just go to church to be in church, being the church, being light, being hope to a lost world. You've got a part to play. You've got something to do. You've got something to give. You've got something to bring. Every one of us, He wants us to stop focusing on what we're not and what we can't and start seeing what we can in His name. You say, oh, I can't do that and I can't do that and I can't do that and I can't do that. Well, that may be true, but I could do that. I could do that. What, what is it you could do? I want to say that the, the same people that God wants to give you strategies for your business. I, 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 I want to believe for people who feel called to raise money for the kingdom. The God, you, to believe God that God is going to so bless your work, so bless your business that, that you, will, you will be able to, to invest that in the kingdom of God. And knowing that you'll never be able to outgive God. Because as you give, you will give back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I need some people. I need an army of people who know how to pray. Oh, I'm not talking about talking about prayer, reading a book on prayer, going to a seminar on prayer. I'm talking about people who know how to pray, who know how to call on the name of the Lord, who know, know how to host a breakthrough in the presence of God. We, we, need, we need some people who know how to give. We, we, need, we just need an army. We need an army of believers, an army of people who know that God is calling them to something bigger and something more. Time's gone, but I'm, I'm just going to finish with this because the Lord just lays it on my heart and I thought that I'd moved away from it. But the thing is this. We live in a world... We live in a world that looks for prominence. They, they, look, they look to be the standouts. They look to, they look to, to be the, 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 the key one, the, the one that people look at, the one that people see. But you know what? We've got to understand that God doesn't work like that. God does not work like that. God is in the hidden things. God, first of all, is at work in your heart. It's not about the outward appearance. It's about the heart. God, God decides who has prominence. But sometimes that means if you're David, that you might end up looking after somebody else's sheep. Sometimes that might mean that, that you get opportunity to go in the king's palace, but you end up playing the harp. And you say, but you, you can say, well, huh, sorry, I mean, that's awesome and all that, but do you know who I am? Do you know the giftings I have? Do you know what I'm called to? I mean, I've had the prophet Samuel, excuse me, come and lay his hands on my head and prophesy. Samuel, Samuel prophesied. Samuel, do you know Samuel? You know Samuel. He prophesied on my head. I've got it underlined in pink highlighter in my Bible. 
It's all there. I've got it dated. I've got it signed. I've got it framed on my wall. I'm sorry, I can't help there because I am called to that. But God says, well, you are called to that. But first, go and look after somebody else's sheep. First, go and be hidden behind a harp in the palace where nobody knows your name. Nobody knows who you are. They'll just know you as the harpist, never knowing that I've hidden a king behind the harp. But will you trust me? Will you trust me with your life? And you see, the thing is, I believe that we can only get to that place through and by the Spirit of God. When the Ruach of God visits my heart, I trust Him. Whether prominent, whether hidden, I trust Him because He's the one who holds my future. He's the one who holds our future. All I know is that each and every day I need the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God, sweet Spirit of God. Come fill our hearts. Come fill our minds. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by your spirit. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.